Hello, welcome to the next exclusive episode of the Talk Norwich City podcast. I am absolutely delighted to be having a conversation with this guy. A former City striker in the Premier League, he scored in each of the top six divisions in English football. Can you guess who it is yet? I bet you can't, but you will after I say this. A man that silenced Arsenal with one of our favourite equalisers of all time. It's only Steve Morrison. Firstly, Steve, thank you so much much for coming on the TNC podcast how are things with you yeah all good not a problem um yep enjoying life enjoying life summarize your life out uh, what's your life out of 10 right now rank it uh, life out of 10 you can never be a 10 so Ooh, let's say I like eight. that that's the athlete in you isn't it demanding perfection yeah. absolutely never be that. a 10 and <laughs> um, Steve to, to let's let's take you right back to the beginning um a, a bit back before you signed for Norwich actually um I'm quite interested to talk about your departure if you don't mind from Millwall actually because you obviously had to hand in a, a transfer request that must have been a really difficult time in your career to to actually do that um yeah look it's you got to do what you got to do sometimes um my hand was forced with that so it wasn't uh wasn't something I didn't mind uh, that I, I didn't mind doing it because that was what I had to do. Um, uh, so yeah, did it. And I remember I was away with Wales at, at the time um, in Ireland playing in the Aviva tournament. Um, and yeah, I remember being in a hotel, uh, being told that, that if you want to, if you want to definitely make it happen, then this is what you've got to do. Went downstairs, wrote right. hand wrote it. Right. On a piece of paper in reception, faxed it over. But wow. Back to my room, it was going across the the yellow bar at the bottom of Sky Sports News to say I'd handed a transfer question. So, uh, yeah. Blimey. Look, needs must. Needs must. Well, I'm pleased they can read uh, your handwriting, Steve. If not, it would have never yeah. happened, eh? Well, I think they had already preempted what was happening anyway. Ah, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, because there, really there was four bids for you, wasn't there, from Norwich? It was rumoured that there was four bids. So, obviously... There was a real hunger for, from from the, the the yellow the yellow side of the world to 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 bring you in. You must have well, been so excited about that. Yeah, look, it was. Um, it started in the January um, in the championship oh, when right, okay. I think I had Norwich and uh, Notts Forest came in. Right. Um, obviously, I was made aware of it by the manager at the time. He asked me the question. I said, "Well, obviously." If it works for you, then it's obviously something I'd like to look at because I think at the time you were both right at the top end of the table um, and we was mid-table or, or whatever, and we was. And yeah, um, yeah uh, it faded away as, as it normally does in January. And then, um, yeah, so I just cracked on with the season. We finished the season in a pretty healthy position, obviously. The back end of the season, it was um, tough for me personally because every time I put in a bad performance, my my um, my I got questioned as to whether I wanted to be there or not. Sure, as you do I can imagine. Fans. Yeah, um, which is uh, which is fine as part and parcel of the course. Um, but yeah, the end of the season, and I, I was uh, I remember I remember travelling to to the Wales camp and getting a phone call to say that look, look, a number of bids have come in. What 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 are your thoughts? And I said, well, obviously, look, Norwich are now in the Premier League. Yeah. I was taken aback because I thought, look, by the time you got to the Premier League, I thought you wouldn't have any interest in me whatsoever. 
So <laughs> the fact that I got that phone call to say, yes, a bid has come in and, and that, then obviously it was something I wanted to jump at. Um, if anyone wants to hold that against me, uh, getting a move to the Premier League, then uh, more for them. Because, um, oh, for sure. You know, what, what a big move a once, for you at the time, eh? a, Yeah, two years previously, I was playing non-league. So, uh, exactly. Um, yeah, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Um, yeah, so got back from the Wales camp and uh, mm. I think I was the first signing when I that how, or the second signing something like that how, how quick did it did it take how how like short a time did it take so, so you I assume that you you got an email or, or a call how long did it take you to decide you know no you know what Norwich is the one oh, let's make it happen wasn't a, it wasn't a it wasn't a thought process it was uh, oh wow once it once it once you get a chance to play in the Premier League and, you just went um, you just you're just jumping at the chance, aren't you? So, Amazing. Uh, um, look, there's no way a club like Millwall at that time could compete um, for sure with Norwich, of course. So it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't a obviously. Um, I owe a lot to Millwall at that point, taking me out of the league. I did incredibly well for them for those two. Fantastic seasons. football club, was, proper football club, it was, Millwall. It was just a case of that was the next step in my in, in progression. So. Uh, yeah, look, I got back from the Wales camp. It all happened pretty quickly. Mm. Um, didn't take long to agree what we needed to agree. The clubs agreed what they needed to. What actually was holding it up was the Stevenage chairman. Okay. Because he had a sell-on. Ah, and okay. Interesting. Obviously, Millwall wanted a certain amount of money because they had to give whatever they got. They had to give, I think it was like, I want to say like something like 25%, something like that. It's quite a lot. Okay. To... Stevenage, so obviously they were trying to get more, so it was softening the blow of what they had to give to Stevenage. So, um, yeah, so that was that was out of my control. I just had to be patient and just relax. And um, I was still playing football with Wales anyway, so I wasn't like, just sitting at home doing nothing. Yeah, and then, um, yeah, so and then I came up and met Paul, and um, yeah, I think I was one of the first signings. I was either the first or the second signing. Yeah. And, uh, I came up and I did everything and had the two-day medical, which was like obviously really intense for me that I'd never had before. I wasn't worried about it, but it was obviously a new experience. Yeah, and then, talk us through yeah. that, Steve, specifically, like because because actually you've, you've quite nicely brought brought this on to the next question, which is about your kind of first couple of days. I mean, it's obviously now a footballer joins particularly Premier League football club and you you follow their day and as such, and you you see the 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 medicals, the all of the photos being done, all of the the, the sheer amount of people that they've got to meet. What was it like for you? Because obviously you've come from you've come from Millwall, you then signed for Premier League Norwich City. What did you think of? you know, the setup and, and you say that the medical process was actually really intense. What do you mean by that? Um, yeah, it just, look, that's the difference. It could be the difference between you getting the move finalised or not. So it's a, it's a nerve wracking time. Um, yeah. Turned up at Norwich. Um, obviously the only other football ground training ground I'd seen was Millwall's. Um, Norwich's at the time was good, but it wasn't worlds apart. Okay. You know what I mean? It yeah. wasn't like it was just an, in a nice setting, which Norfolk is and <laughs> yeah. Norwich is, and the training ground was okay. It wasn't like it was bigger than Millwall's, but it wasn't like state of the art compared to. Yeah. Don't worry, by like, the way. A lot of people slag off slag off the old colony, so don't worry. Like, got compared bad to, to what? <laughs> compared to what? Um, some of these training grounds must oh, be like yeah. nowadays. Um, but yeah, no. Look, for me, as soon as I walked through the door. Um, I met Paul and yeah, I think the first ways, first words he said to me was, don't worry, you'll be fine. The Premier League's a myth. And I was like, oh, wow. I was just like, 
yeah, let's 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 have it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what to expect. Um, yeah, then the medical process. Obviously, you do your screening stuff in the gym, and then you go off to the. Um, can't remember the name of the private clinic now, and go and have the the full body MRIs and get checked from head to toe. And yeah, I suppose even though you've played every game of the season before, these are scanning you and checking you because they're looking to find a problem, having your heart scans and all that. And yeah, it takes a couple of days to get the results. So once you leave and you go back home, you're still waiting for a couple of you're days. You've been nervous, before. yeah, for sure. You're thinking like you can't really tell anyone because you wouldn't want to tell someone and then all of a sudden... Of course, yes. It falls through. So, yeah, look, it was a nerve-wracking time, but everything was done and I was I was confident there was going to be an issue with my medical as a fiddle. And, uh, um, yeah, and it happened and, yeah, it was quite nice. I think it, was right at the, it was right at the start of the summer as well. Lovely so job. So I had, I had the rest of the summer. I remember I had a couple of trips up there to try and find somewhere to live and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, um Lovely part yeah, of the world, so, isn't it? We're very lucky here in Norfolk. Yeah, it was good. I lived a bit further out, to be fair. I went and lived in Deerham. I didn't want to stay in the city. So, Lovely uh, job. I lived a bit further out. But yeah, no, I had a great time. Brilliant. Great time. And what? And something that I've got to dive deeper into this statement, Paul Lambert, the Premier League is a myth. I mean, what did that instill in you? Was that? Did you think, oh my God, what have I done? Or was well, that, oh my, he, this he, guy's he insane? <laughs> he elaborated on it and he just said, like, look, all you ever see on the TV is the, the good bits. And that was his point. He was saying, you see the goal that goes in, but you don't see that they've had 10 shots to get that one goal and stuff like that. He was saying that we can... With you. There's, there's, nothing, there's nothing to be scared of what he was saying. Uh, and, uh, okay. Obviously, because you think, what does every kid watch or every man watch? They watch match today and they watch the highlights. Yeah, for sure. You don't watch 90 minutes of the game. You see, what, a minute and a half, two minutes? Yeah, true. Um, and that was just, that, that was his way... As I said, I've spoke to a few people now, especially now I'm in the coaching world, and everyone always says, what do you take from your managers? And Paul Lambert, it was his way of handling players. He made us feel we had no fear. We could go out there and play. Everyone he signed, I think apart from James Vaughan that season, no one else had kicked the ball in the Premier League. Yeah. And we went up and stayed up. Incredible, really. Yeah, exactly. So speaking of, speaking of just players there, Steve, so obviously you meet, you meet Paul Lambert, um, what, what what were the others sort of? So you you walk in the pearly Col- Colney gates. Um, what what other players w- were there? And and who, oh, who no did you make there. mates with? Uh, there's no one there was, at all. Of course, it was off season, so there was actually no one there. So it was just me, me, Paul, wow, Neil Reynolds at the time. Yes, and the physio staff. That, that was it. And uh, Wendy on the reception. Um, that was about it. Wendy on the reception, by the way. I absolutely love that. Um, so the the players come back and who impressed you the most, Steve? Because obviously that, that squad was, um, as you've rightly said, by the way, full of, you know, championship, you know, even League, league One players, right? And But but who yeah, impressed well, you the most? It wasn't, look, do you know what? It wasn't that type of group. Okay. It wasn't that type of group where you sat, stood there and went, Wow. Like he's amazing, or okay. You think we've played against most of these players over over the over years, the season yeah. Before. Yeah, or true. The season before you're playing played against them, like Bradley Johnson, who signed. I played with him at Stevenage. Yes, when I was at Stevenage, yeah. come alone. Um, um, obviously, you'd always obviously you played against Holty and Wes, and uh, I played against Russell Martin when he was at Wickham. Yeah, and things like that, and and so, I mean, all these players are very very good players and all had very good careers but it wasn't a dressing room where you sat there and was like 
wow, these people are amazing. It was just like oh, a really a tight group. group of friends almost. What a good group. Yeah, I remember when I first moved when I first moved there initially before my move into a property um, came about. And I think there was like me, uh, Elliot Bennett. Uh, me and Elliot had met up in the summer because we'd be going to the sprint, same sprint training place that right. his agent had put him through. So I'd had a look, built a little relationship with him. And yeah, there was me, Elliot Bennett, uh, Pilks. Um, I remember us all just sitting around having lunch or it might have been, I can't remember where we was eating, having a Nando's. And we're all sitting there no, I'll tell you what it was. It was a holiday in at the ground. Yes. All sitting there downstairs. And we were all going like, do you think you'll play? And we're going like, I can't <laughs> see it. I must be like fourth choice. Right. The whole he's played, you've got Chrissy Martin and then we'd sign James Vaughan. And I'm thinking like, I have no way I'm playing. And then like Elliot's going, oh, I can't see where I'm going to play. And we're all having that discussion <laughs> because that was the type of group we were. Contrary to belief, we were just a normal bunch of guys and we just didn't, Love we that. were all like, we couldn't believe we were there. Um, but we all not felt like we should be there, but we'd all got there because we'd done well the previous season. Yeah, of course. Um, uh, Yeah, and it was all about about the first game of the season. And then when you get picked to play, I think he played 4-4-2, and um, he played me and Holtby up front. I was like, because I think the first half of the season, I played near enough every game. I think I started near enough every game. Um, And that was just incredible because... You think our oh, Grant's nailed on, and Grant was getting left out when I was playing, and then people remember the second half of the season where I didn't play as much, and Grant played. And, sure, yes, and all that. It was you. Know, I think that first half of the season, I started Arsenal at home, scored in that game, uh, Blackburn game at home. Yes, Sunderland. I Sunderland yeah, I started all of them because that cause your first goal for Norwich was against Sunderland, wasn't it? Yeah, Sunderland. Yeah, big header, center of the net. It. I remember. Yeah, so it was. Look, like, it was absolute whirlwind didn't have a chance to think about it. I've, I just There's bits that stand out and I remember always remember that conversation thinking, there's no way you're going to play in this team. Like, it's just, I've been bought and like three million to a Premier League club, nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and yeah, and just, just going there. It was, do you know what? It was such a great group. We had such a group. No one was on loads of money. Everyone was on about the same. Um, so there was no, e- as I said, there was no egos. There was no one who was like, don't get me wrong, Wes is most probably one of the most talented footballers I've played with of course but like when you compare him to say like gareth bell you can't put him in the same conversation <laughs> don't be silly of course wes is better <laughs> but do you know what i mean like that of course of, yeah that's the group we had which is everyone was just which had a really good group we went out we trained we worked hard every day we worked hard in pre-season did his usual paul lambert took us to some place in nowhere in <laughs> wherever it was germany yeah. or whatever um <laughs> And we just, we just, we just all got on. We just, like I said, I still speak to to Grant now. Russ manages down the road. I chat to him. Yeah, he's um, a good lad. Isn't and he? it's just, it's just one of those. You know what I mean? It's just a good. We had, a, we had just had a good group of boys, and like how we stayed up so comfortably in the Premier League um, didn't get for me. Didn't get as much um, credit as we deserved. Off the back I of that, totally because, agree with you. I totally agree. And, and by the way. Your first ever season by like March. Yeah, and your first ever season in the Prem, you're on double figures for goals. I mean, you must have yeah, just been so satisfied pre- by that. Ten goals in the Premier League, one in the cup. Oh, people brilliant. want to say I was like people have got opinion about me. I've got ten goals in my first season in the Premier League. Like, yeah, you, I mean, look, like, I always say facts don't care about feelings, Steve. No, like I can take that. I can take that to to my grave. I, I double figures in my first season in the Premier League and. 
no one would take that away from me. So, um, um, yeah, it was, it was, like I said, it was a, people have said, oh, did you dream about it? No, never dreamt of playing in the Premier League. Really? Just got there and, hey, well, I was sitting on a, sitting on a lorry driving around playing non-league football five years previous and then the next thing I'm, love that, scoring 10 goals in a Premier League. And, what were you delivering? Oh, no, I weren't delivering anything. I was collecting shredded paper or collecting paper to shred. Really? Wow. Yeah, so. Incredible. But it's just, yeah, like, as I said, like, I think a good group is massive and we had, we had an incredible group there. We had yeah. a group of normal people that got on. Um, like, to a point, like, we didn't even have a Christmas do that year. We were so focused on our... Brilliant. Love that. On our target of staying up in the league. Um, and... That was it. We everything got put aside, and we we left it all out there. And um, John Watt, it was such a shame Paul left at the end of that season, mm. because as soon as Paul left, I felt like the heart come out of it a little bit. Interesting. Like the club, as soon as a few signings come in and yeah, stuff like that, it completely changed the dynamics. And it was uh, fascinating to hear. It was a different place. It was a different place. And yeah, I know they stayed up that next season, but it was a struggle all all year long, wasn't it? A hundred percent. Steve, something that is uh, completely off topic, but it's absolutely baffled me from the moment that I, that I confirmed this podcast with you. And I looked back at, you know, your pictures in yellow and I, and I remembered something. Why on earth were you number five? What was going on there? God's honest truth. So turned up sorting out when you sign, obviously you sort about numbers. And I remember um, Gary Carza, I'm in. I'm on holiday in Portugal, right? Yeah. This is no joke, right? So I'm, in a, I'm on holiday in Portugal. Yeah. A place called Valdelobo. I'm in a place which isn't there anymore called Barrington's, right? Okay. So where me and me and uh, my mate used to go, and when we go on holiday, we used to go there to the driving range, and we never used to hit a golf ball. We used to just sit and have a beer, right? But we'd be able to get away with being in there for like two hours. We'd even take the kids sometimes and right. just give them ice cream after ice cream, and just be like, stay there for a couple. Kids are having a great time. Get back. Kids had what? What the kids had to eat? Oh, nothing. They've been fine. I've had like sixteen ice creams just because we'd have a have a good time. And um, yeah, where are you going with this, Steve? Gary Carter's in there, right? Right. Who's helping Paul Lambert and Ian Colfrouse? Yeah, do you remember him? Yeah, I know what he's like. He's been on our podcast. He's a good yeah, lad. So it, yeah, he's there. So see him. Obviously, I've just signed for Norwich, haven't I? So I'm now sitting in the bar with him, having a beer, and he's like, <laughs> he's like, oh, we're trying to sort squad numbers out. And I'm like, all right, so any chance of being number 20? Right. And he's like, he's like, oh, let me have a look. And he's gone, I'm Leon Barnett's number 20. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. And he went, these are, I went, so what numbers are three? He went, number five. And I went, oh, come on. Surely Barney wants number five. Yeah, exactly. And I'll have 20. Yeah. But he and didn't gone, want to budge. And he's gone, go on then, ask him. So he's gone and asked him. And we're sitting there in this bar and he's waiting to get back and he's gone, now Barney wants 20, doesn't want five. And I go, so what other numbers here? And then next thing he chucked at me, there was like 30 odd were the numbers. Right. And I was like, I'm not wearing 30, like a youth team number. Yeah, said, yeah. I'll wear five. Okay. And then and that was by it. the time I got back, and that was it, number five. And it wow. Was, and then I tried claiming that Zidane had five, so it was all right. Oh, yes, yes. Um, but yeah, like, you know what I mean? It was just... It was it was a number. I said the worst. Do you know what the worst number I had was when the next the year after and I was like sixteen. You didn't like sixteen. Like, oh. I was just like, oh, I'm totally a sub now, and I. No interesting. Sixteen does. Yeah, sixteen does absolutely. Because he turned out, I remember Chris saying it? to me, Chris went to me. Chris even goes, oh, 
you can't wear five as a centre-half number. I was like... <laughs> that was the point I tried well, to make last year, Chris. Yeah, I was like, that's why I tried to swap with a centre-half for 20, but he wouldn't swap. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, people made it a big... It was just... That was it. That was... It was honestly in a, in a yeah. bar in, in Portugal. We're sitting there trying to sort it out. Barney wouldn't budge. Uh, from his 20. Um, Blimey, Riley. So I had like five or, obviously maybe if I'd waited and there was, because I think there was a few, because I was one of the first ones, there weren't any outgoings yet. Okay. So, oh, so waited, yeah. Maybe there was a few outgoings oh, and I would have ended up okay, with okay. another number. But at the time, stuff like that. Mental, me. It mental. really doesn't. I just was like, I'll just take it. I'll just have, I'll have taken it. I'll have worn number one if it was, if it was available. Just <laughs> love that. Didn't really matter. Absolutely love but that. I didn't want, I didn't want 30 plus. I just felt like I'd be a youth team player or something. No, yeah, for sure. hundred <laughs> percent. Steve, one, one of the people that you've, you've brought up there. Um, and I think, and I think it's important that we talk about your time working under Chris Hewton actually, because, um, we often hear everything about Paul Lambert. Um, but, but Holty often tells me how frustrating it was to work under Hewton as a striker. And obviously, you being a striker as well, do you feel that way? How was it playing under Chris Hewton? Uh, boring. Boring. Um, me and Holty were the bane of his life because every time we had a meeting, really? we'd always ask the question, when are we going to attack? Don't you ever have a gun? When are we going to attack? Yeah. And he'd always fair play to him and he's done fantastic with Brighton and stuff like that. <clears throat> he always used to say, if I play in the game again tomorrow, I'd do the same thing again. Wow. And we'd always be like, we've just lost 5-1. Like, this absolutely like fascinates two, me. It really we're does. Two nil down, we're 2-0 down at half time. Why don't you have a go? Because I remember he used to take Grant off and just put me on with like half hour to go. Yeah. And he never used to put us both on. And I think the one time he did put us both on was Liverpool at home. Yeah. And me and Grant both scored. It was 4-2. <laughs> and we both scored. Um, but yeah, look. The stark <laughs> contrast said, to Paul said, Lambert, of course. It was. He set his stall out from day one. It was um, going to be a 4-5-1. It was Grant was going to start. I was going to be back up. Um, I would come on. I think if you look at that season, most games Grant would play to like 60, 70 minutes. Yeah. Then I would come on. Yeah. Um, if it was really tight and there was a few minutes left, he might put us both on. Yeah. Have us both on the pitch. I think I can only remember starting one game, and that was um, Man City, and that was the start of the end because I, I was Man City at home. Uh, ripped my quad, and that was the last time I played for Norwich. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it was difficult. It was a frustrating, frustrating time because, as you said, that's why I said before, I said. We played under Lambert with such a, a great time, and mm. <laughs> we'd done it. We'd done it in an attacking way, and and stuff like that. Yeah. And it was really enjoyable to play. And then obviously we'd gone to a much defensive way of playing, and it's difficult. Just completely, as, as just too far almost in a way. Yeah, yeah. Especially as a forward, all you want to do is. You want to get on the pitch, you want to try and score goals and you want to help the team. Well, that's and, what fans um, want to see, Steve. I remember as a fan sitting there in the stands and we we would have said it was boring. I mean, people that listen to this will say it was boring. So for, for you, for, for a striker, for an actual player to say, yeah, it was boring, it's fascinating. And you're well into your psychology, Steve. And one of the things that the Russ has told me before um, was actually one of the last things that Chris Hutton would say as you walk out the dressing room is, if we concede, I mean, what does that put in your head? If you're saying if we concede before you go onto the pitch, it does. Yeah, it's a difficult. It's a massive one. It's like, like, like the things you say, the words you say, how you say them, 
all have an impact. Um, mm. Sometimes you don't even notice it till after the event. Like Russell maybe look back on it, um, and it's something that sticks in his mind at the time. You don't really think about it, but <laughs> yeah, as I said, it was a frustrating. It was a frustrating time as a player, but um, maybe if I was starting every week, maybe I wouldn't have been as frustrated. True, um, but like, he kept you up that season. Of course, um, exactly. I left in the January. Uh, I kept you up. Uh, he kept you up. Um, and yeah, I don't think it didn't mm. work out the next season, did it? And then, um, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, then it was. Then it was. Uh, like it has a shelf life. Stuff like that. I um, agree. I agree with that yeah. entirely. And he went to he went to Brighton, and he's done. Look, Chris is. I know they call him like he's a nice guy. He is a really good guy. Yeah. Um, but as a player, it was it was tough and it was frustrating. Of course, um, of course. And then obviously, I left. I left halfway through that season. So yeah. Steve, um, one of the things that I'm um, I'm really interested to to shed some light on for the Norwich fans, um, and you know, and hopefully you you feel comfortable talking about this. There's there's been forever and a day. The moment that that you you were there with Grant, there were so many rumours going round that you and Grant don't get on, and all of this stuff. And and I'm really interested to see what, what was it like playing because, of course, like he's a Norwich legend, it goes without saying, but. You know, it sounds like to, to me, I can hear it in your voice already, that you have actually got so much time and respect for Grant. And you're saying that you still speak to him now. But, but I think people seem to want it to almost make up stories about the fact that, you know, because he was keeping you out of the team almost, you know, you, you didn't get on. Like, can you can you sort of talk about those sort of rumours? <laughs> yeah, there, there isn't a there isn't a conversation to have. It's It was just people making up rumours that's all it was like me and Grant when they're saying that we had a greyhound business together I was going to bring that up you had the greyhounds didn't so, you of course so how, how the hell and we still have them now we do still you have really them now. we still we still have the place we have a business investment together love that um, so how people can uh, <coughs> say that is is um is that still yeah, at Yarmouth no, Steve are the dogs still at Yarmouth no the, uh, the dogs run all over the place but with their base the kennels is in Wisbeach Ah, um, okay. So yeah, no, look, it was just that was it. It was it, mate. It was ridiculous. Just, just complete it was, it rubbish. Was quite, it was quite. It was quite funny because, um, yeah. Well, we didn't really hear it that much. We just used to. Yeah, yeah. we never used to talk about it. Never to mention it. It was just something people wanted to talk about. Um, <laughs> how they come up with these things is is beyond me. Um, but people do, and uh, if it keeps them busy and interested, then crack on. For sure. Steve, one of the things that I have to talk about, of course, in this podcast is the probably probably the game that, you know, 90% of Norwich fans will remember you by, which is that away game at Arsenal at the Emirates. You scored that equaliser. That, that yeah. equalizer. But, I mean, I, I, I remember the away end just being an absolute pandemonium when you scored. What was it like? I mean, for you as a as, as a player and you scored the equaliser, the Emirates, I mean, I just, I, I mean, if it was me, I'd just pass out. Yeah, look, it was just, it's a difficult one, you know, because you don't really, like, you don't really think about it. It's only when you look back, like, now that you think about things like that and you, because at the moment, like, <laughs> it's much different from a fan to a player. We are just doing our job. Yeah. And we're out there and I remember Johnny Housen playing the ball over and I just hit it and it's gone in and um, I remember I was getting a bit of stick of the fans at the time, so I put my finger up to them as if, like, <laughs> Shifty noise, kind of thing. Um, yes, yes. And you go back and and you celebrate, and yeah, it's like we didn't even win the game; we just drew the game. It wasn't <laughs> even like um, it was, uh, yeah, last game of the season, and yeah, it was just 
it's just great, but it's just, I don't know, it's weird. You don't really, you're speaking to the wrong person if you want um, me to start talking about being like an emotional wreck and that because it's just not in my nature. It's just kind of like... Oh, I know that, Steve. Yeah. I wouldn't mess yeah. you on the pitch, believe me. I was scored the goal and it was it was good. It was it was an amazing moment. Um, yeah, there were so many amazing moments that that year. I was um, going to say, Steve, what was your favourite moment? Because if, if that's not your favourite moment, what is your favourite moment in yellow and green? Um, my favourite moment as a football as a football player, yeah, would have been, for example, like walking out at Anfield and having you never walk alone play. Right. And, okay. You're standing there and you're, you're taking thinking, it in. <laughs> How have I done Christ, this? Like, <laughs> what have I I've done? Actually, <laughs> I've actually stood in the crowd and watched games here or Brilliant. walking out of White Hart Lane and being like, God, I've come here as a kid because like, it was my local ground. Of course. Just like, playing, starting at Old Trafford and starting at Man City. And like, so, as I said, for the first half of that season, I started doing off every game. Um, um, for a lot of that season, it was only the back end of the season that um, I think Grant really kicked on. So I think Grant ended up with like 12 or 14 goals that year. It was only a few more than myself. Um, but yeah, it was just, the whole thing was just my favourite moment. It wasn't... Love that. Apart from all the crap that was going off outside that people want to make up, except yeah. said, like, like like you talked about. Yeah. Like, you've got to realise that getting up every day going to like going to like Wigan's ground was like like a bad day out because like we're going to the DW like oh. next week we're going to like we're going to like Goodison Park and getting a draw one all Holy scoring and then we're going to the Etihad and playing against like Man City yeah and you're playing at like Old Trafford like Anfield those are the Emirates. moments you live for aren't they as a, as a footballer Stanford those, those Bridge, are the moments like, of course like, like you just you can't even you can't comprehend when you're there just trying to act normal and like this is just normal I tell, I tell, I tell you what was normal normal was playing at Carroll Road really that wow. didn't feel any that didn't feel like like you was in awe of playing at Carroll Road do you know what I mean yeah. you enjoyed playing at home it was, it was sold out of um, course with some great results I remember Newcastle 4-2 at home yes um, obviously you had beaten Sunderland I think that was one of our first wins of the season yeah um, Black and Friel scoring a volley from the edge of the box on the side of the bar and then Holty coming on and scoring a penalty in the last minute which is the worst penalty decision I've ever seen but we got it <laughs> and we drew the game Friel um, Arsenal at home chasing Mertesacker back knocking him off the ball scoring um, with a railway men shirt on um, just like that was just normal and then all of a sudden you're going and you're turning up at Anfield or White Hart Lane, yeah. as I said. But like, well, I think Spurs we beat them. Do you remember Elliot Bennett's like pile driver from the oh, right hand side? Of the come box, on, of course goal. we do. Of course we do. And that green kit, you know I mean? yeah, all like that stuff. You can't, you you can't. You got your bottle up going to St James's Park and the Norwich fans being six six mile in the air, <laughs> and but the place is rocking. Yeah, um, Aston Villa Pilks scores that free kick at the whole end and then I score a header late on um, at the far post just yeah you just that whole that, that epic memories moment, epic that memories. whole that whole season and I so say it's only when you look back and the Premier League years is on and you're like you're on it every now and then and then 
you go through I've got the DVD which is that season yeah um, that they released and yeah as I said it's like, it's like I said right at the start it's something you can't you can't take away and obviously off the back of like Norwich after that like I had a nightmare two and a half years did you um, yeah just my Leeds time was awful and then mm. I can't believe we I, swapped like, you for Blooming Becchio by the way he was dreadful oh, yeah, well, what was all that about eh well, unbelievable. Yeah, that, was a, that was a Wednesday afternoon. I'll never forget. That's what that was. Um, oh, right, okay. <laughs> but yeah, so it was. Um, yeah, it was a strange scenario. Phone call to say we swapped you for Luciano Becchio. I was like, "Well, you haven't," because I'm at home. What? And um, I'm not. I haven't spoke to anyone. I'm not going anywhere. Uh, wow. And then it was like, "Well, you should be. You should be at training." Then I was like, "Okay, I'll come training." So I drove back to the training ground, and okay. then um, I drove to the training ground and. Next thing you know, yeah, Becky, I was in one of the hotels waiting to sign, but no one had even agreed for me to go. Um, so I was kind of forced out of the door. That is on un- Wednesday uh, afternoon. I, wow, I never knew that, Steve. That's unbelievable. That was two days. I think it was two days before the deadline finished, and then, oh my God. yeah, I went and signed for Leeds because obviously, yeah, it just it worked out in the end, and then Becky, I signed and. What never played a game of football for you, but got paid twice twice as much as what I was getting paid. So, ah, uh, you've left. You've actually, for the first time, I'm actually pretty speechless. Like I can't actually believe this. Um, wow. I thing is, Steve. Honestly, Becchio was so shite that this is so frustrating to listen to. <laughs> like so frustrating, and that's well, the that's thing with the football for you. Oh, yeah, we get leads, leads. Um. Um, obviously, I don't want you to hate it. It's a bit of a strong word, but I was disliked because I was always compared to the legend that was Becchio. Yeah, unbelievable. Becchio wanted to leave theirs. Of course, he forced his yeah, move. Yeah, because he wanted the move. Yeah. He got a move. He wanted the move. He got the move to Norwich. Obviously, I must have upset Chris Hutton that much because I thought, well, I definitely brought more to Norwich than what Luciano Becchio did. And Becchio took twice as much money I did of course. off of them. So, um, well, he could have kept me for another 18 months. Oh, 100%. Um, 100%. Um, or, but look, I said it was, a, it was a strange time. And then you had, obviously, uh, Ricky Van Walswinkle was the next, the next giant killer. <laughs> oh, and, come uh, on. Don't talk about that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So, it's a funny old game. It's a, fu- it's a funny old it game. It is a funny old game. It is. It is, Steve. There's me at, me at Leeds. Um, yeah. Struggling to fulfil Luciano's boots, and uh, you wish I'd it like never to say happened. Luciano was struggling to film wine at Norwich. Of, well, <laughs> of course, of course, Steve. <laughs> was, just uh, um, obviously, there's, there's, we, we, we could go on for, for absolutely forever now. It, I'm right in saying that you're now Northampton coaching, right? Yeah, I'm doing the. Uh, I'm uh, assisting with the under 18s at uh, oh, Northampton. Are you enjoying uh, that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't complain, mate. It's, it's good. It's good. I'm. Uh, uh, learning, I'm um, uh, experiencing uh, n- new challenges every day. I'm making my mistakes. I'm, I'm uh, good. Yeah, good things to do, then, mate. Doing loads of doing loads of me- media stuff with obviously various networks, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and Dodgy uh, people like us, yeah. Just enjoying, just enjoying, enjoying life at the minute, and then um, just looking for that next challenge. And my challenge at the minute is Northampton, and. Um, Brilliant. What are yeah, your ambitions, Steve? What, I mean, what 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 is the ultimate ambition from here on in? Like, you, you oh, I'd love to be 
I'd love to be a manager. So I'd love to give it a go. I've Brilliant. completed all my badges. I've done my pro license. So um, I'd like to, I'd like to put it to the test. I'd like to put it to the test. Everything I've learned over my career. Yeah. And Chat to Russ. Give it a go Chat to it. Russ. He's just made the big move, isn't he? So, yeah, I know. Yeah, I spoke to him. Before. I spoke to him the day he was doing it. Also, uh, incredible. Um, yeah, look, I would like to go if I go and I fail. Then, then fine. If I don't, then um, yeah, you, you learn. You worst, learn from your yeah. You learn from your failures and all that. Steve, obviously, lastly, yeah. um, there's there's so many Norwich fans listening right now. Do do you have a message for them at all? Um, no, just remember remember the good and like obviously don't don't listen to everything you hear because. <laughs> Can guarantee ninety nine point nine percent of it is a load of nonsense. Um, <laughs> what a message! No, I loved, I loved my time, and uh, yeah, ten goals in my first season in the Premier League and staying up as comfortably did. It was a, uh, it was a memorable um, uh, time. So, Steve, yeah. honestly, thank you so much. I, no I really, problem. I really, really appreciate it. I genuinely do. And from me personally, honestly, thank you because you you came to the club, you knuckled down, you, you were you know in the mix with Holty, um, and and honestly, one of the most memorable times in the last decade was when you were at the club. So thank you so much. And and um, no that that's it. Thank you so much for this episode. I'd like no to say a huge thank you, of course, to to Steve for coming on, and of course to every single Norwich fan listening around the world right now. If you've enjoyed this one. Don't forget to give us a five-star review. How dare you do four-star if you do five-star review on iTunes and make sure you're following at Talk Norwich City on social media for the best city content on the internet. Finally, there's only one thing left to say. Do you know what that is, Steve? Go on. Will you get it? On the Ball City, of course. (laughs) On the Ball City. Thank you, Steve. No problem.